Greetings, Maltopians. Are you looking to delve deeper into the world of Maltopia? Then check out our Patreon, where you can find written mythos pieces, world maps, found footage, art, Patreon-exclusive shows, and more. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Maltopia and join one of our tiers for access to great new content. Brave the forbidden and embrace the darkness. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Maltopia podcast. For our oldest and most loyal listeners out there, we wanted to let you know about our new Patreon page. Outside of our careers and time spent with family, 
The three of us here at Maltopia have been working every night and weekend for the past five years, building our company into what it is today. With your help, our goal is to make Maltopia our livelihood, allowing us to bring you higher quality content, exciting new podcast series and published works, and a large central community for you to take part in. As a thank you for your support, we're offering exclusive perks and bonus content, like early access to podcast episodes, behind-the-scene creator videos, and more. Go to patreon.com forward slash Maltopia today and explore our membership levels. And be sure to scroll through for free public content, some of which gives you a sneak peek at what you can expect when you become a member. From Mark, Steve, and Walker, thanks again for enjoying our podcast, and we hope to meet you soon on Patreon. of a man's life is a variable estimation, lending to innumerable calculations. But Mars had no doubts about his own, its worth completely depreciated by the horrors committed for its own sake. This dour calculus was unmistakably front and center when the machine endowed him with his second life. He became the worst version of himself, the perfect antithesis, entirely refashioned from only the most damaged parts. His stroll through the Mars gallery forced the realization down his throat, prying away all his rationalizations. Thus, he wondered if he saw through himself when he looked to Lynn, making sure she was nearby and safe. Was it only a pathetic act of redemption that caused him to watch over her with such passion? Another cowardly attempt at self-preservation. Without preface, the lights flickered and the building shook. Initially, Mars took it for an aftershock of Keith's dealings with the darkness. Then his senses disconnected from the ruined hallways all around him, stealing into the very entrails of the merger building, the heat of combat rising to his awareness. It was the most coherent impression he'd been provided by what he began to think of as his war sense. It started shortly after exiting the machine, as a flitting spark that threw fleeting light upon the violence all around him, beyond his more traditional senses, yet hadn't been strong enough for him to rely upon. Until now. This was clear in both location and strength. The possibility for life-nourishing violence heated his blood. Looking back at his companions to see if they partook of the impression, he realized the dead knot was absent. Where's the dead guy? Everyone looked to the shadows and then back at Mars. I'm not picking him up, Lynn said, likely trying every sense within range. 
He wondered if she'd detected his strange intimation of combat. Since he became Cromwell the friendly ghost, he hasn't been visible to me, sonically speaking, Keith smirked. He slipped away while Keith... Um, during the last gallery. Hazel declared after a likely peek into the recent past, awkwardly sidestepping the conductor's breakdown. I've a pretty good idea where he might be, and what he's up to. Mars was moving towards the nearest elevator. You guys keep going. I'll uh, catch up with the dead guy. We'll all meet up at the banquet hall. Mars had already kicked out the steel door and leapt into the shaft by the time Hazel called out, asking him if the dead nut was alright. He really didn't care if the giant was safe or not. The call of carnage was upon him. Dropping several stories to expedite his progress, Mars landed upon a pile of debris choking the way down. Undeterred, he kicked out another set of doors and headed for the stairs. If his path took him past horrific sights, he didn't notice, hellbound for combat as he was. Many smashed open doors and death-defying leaps later, and Mars was standing at the edge of a hole that had once been a basement. Rubble was still crumbling into the pit, coaxed by the lingering forces, indicating the recentness of its appearance. The depression was so large and ominous, he'd all but overlooked the corpses littering its periphery. However, they had not overlooked the Warbringer. Once the corpses began to stir, Mars shot a disappointed look at the things. Zombies? Again? Though I'm uncertain as to what I might gain from remaking you as a necroform, there's no harm in experimenting, came a familiar voice. The heaps of corpses began merging, bones melting together, desiccated flesh interweaving, producing an unwholesome crackling that resembled the rustling of late October leaves. The conjoined forms were every bit as gruesome as the fusion of the dead implied, deathly grins beaming beneath hollow stairs, limbs barely clothed in the tatters of human leather. To the Warbringer, these were barely appetizers, nothing of the rarefied violence that might slake his hunger for weeks. After his fight with the Sushama, he discovered that his cravings could be put off much longer than he'd suspected, the creature's combat pedigree supplying the best meal he'd ever had. Regrettably, Mars realized with stomach-turning disappointment he would find no such meal here, among the dead. Though small compensation, he was at least excited to test his new weapon, the strange staff he'd seized from the thing in the coffin, what he referred to as his war hands. Far more collapsible than the spirit replaced, the weapon could be shrunk down to a much more manageable size, such that it fit easily into the small sheath upon his belt. Withdrawing and extending it to its customary length, the bronze hands affixed to its ends flexed with anticipation, the staff now joined with its wielder's will, becoming an extension thereof. Mars was already beneath the arc of the closest creature's sluggish attack, swinging his weapon into the monster's grinning face. The bronze hand balled into a fist where it broke through the aged bone as if so much glass. Then came a plume of awareness from his outspread war sense, another battle blazing nearby from within the pit, as hot and huge as his own hunger. Without finishing his meal of clumsy corpses, the Malsapien dove into the pit with the grace and form of an Olympic high diver. 
he torpedoed through the darkness, closing on the conflagration, his bellicose soul salivating. Seeing the bottom of the pit rapidly approaching, the Warbringer slammed one end of the staff into the nearby wall, the warhand opening up and raking across the stone, slowing the descent of its wielder. His descent almost completely muted, Mars dropped quietly to the deep-seated earth. He stood before a vast cavern, yet the colossal basaltic pillars that lifted the massive stone ceiling clearly belonged to no process of natural forces, but recalled something darker, older. But as before, the view was entirely wasted on the warrior, indifferent to anything but the hunger surging through him as surely as his own blood. Once beyond the soaring threshold, the cavern enlarged beyond the scope of Mars's vision and hosted ruins that belonged to no discernible earthly civilization, dwellings built to the scale of giants and likely once filled with denizens beyond the ken of man. But of much greater importance to the one-man army was the hellacious battle that raged before the gates of the fossilized city, where great dead things reared up pale and monstrous from the comparatively small dead knot who, for his part, was not at all diminished by the inequity of scale, and whose blows landed across the weighted titans as if dealt from a creature many times their own size. The pallid male sapiens every fistful shook the cavern and demolished those unfortunate enough he meant by them. Mars was off at breakneck speed, his teeth clenched, a savage smile burning across his face. There is death under the earth, the likes of which you can't imagine, little warrior, came the Oversapien's voice, timed exactly with the cracking open of the earth. Spewing forth from the fracture came a skeletal abomination, a thing that might have been the yellow, cracked scaffolding of a dragon, if only dragons dressed in sackcloth robes and possessed the heads of eels, and glared through eyes made from the freezing light of dead stars. The thing was the size of a small tree and clenched a rusted cleaver in its right hand, though the sallow nimbus lacing the weapon's killing edge hinted at powers beyond the simple slicing of skin. The preternatural hunger of the warrior called him into the descending hatchet, his own weapon held out between his outstretched hands, eager to test the metal of his foe. The two weapons collided, sparks leaping from the impact and despite the undead thing's far larger size of both weapon and body, Mars yielded no ground to the blow, his eyes catching the fire of the warring spirit where it seemed to spring from the heat of battle. He pushed against the great cleaver, the screech of metal sounding out the strength of the Malsapien as it overcame the abomination. With a final bestial thrust, Mars sent his opponent backpedaling, its arms raised to recover balance. Wasting no time, the Warbringer leapt at the stumbling monster, wielding his staff like a bat, smashing it across the thing's teeth, shattering its mandible bone and sending things the size of railroad spikes spinning into the underground darkness. The colossal blow alerted the Deadnought to the presence of his teammate, and so the monster called out, You are most welcome here, Warbringer. Please, by all means, kill with me. Glut yourself upon this wonderful bounty of violence. War and death have never been closer than upon the naked battlefield. Together, we will put the dead back beneath the silence where they belong. For long and longer, the two male sapiens shrank the ranks of their enemies until there were none left to destroy. 
but Mars was lost to a killing inferno, the frenzy of battle blurring the boundaries between friend and foe. Mars rushed at the deadlock, smashing his fist down atop the rictus grin of his comrade. The pale Goliath stumbled backwards from the shot, and then backhanded the charging berserker with the force of a comet, sending Mars corkscrewing to the dirt. The dead knot eyed the warrior where he rose from the cracked earth, the fiery silhouette of a gigantic killing god standing behind him. Mind well your next actions, man of war, lest they prove your undoing. She paid little attention to the city of Deadwitch, home to her young cousins, the most recent of the machine's progeny. Even though it was her own alliance with the living shades of Dismith that provided her kind with its location so many years ago, she preferred the intrigues of her own enterprise. At a distance, the city was merely a casualty of the great darkness, but wasn't everything nowadays. Her recollection of the city and its portents didn't indicate how much of the population was composed of Malsapiens, but it was best to presume it was the entire place. Overestimation was a far more forgiving error. She waited for the night rain before risking entrance, moving between the gathering pools, looking for her opportunity. While it was certainly more of a free-range setting, she could practically feel the invisible bars that surrounded the town. It was no less a prison than the one she and her kind had escaped. The machine operated from the illusion of freedom in all its ventures. The town was merely its latest mirage. Flowing through the gutters, Antonia searched for a place to hide without having to settle for the sewers. She had no idea what other creatures might lurk the city. Every child of the machine was a secret power unto itself. Even with all her additional experience, she assumed no advantage. And as she wandered, she also pondered. Specifically, she wondered at the fate of her kind. Did her king still live? Was she a traitor for abandoning him? Though she thought the term traitor fairly irrelevant. There was no real cause to betray, as there was no real chance at thwarting the machine. There was only the promise and its fulfillment. And while she may have gained some time, her debts would almost certainly find her once more. But what she was up to now had nothing at all to do with loyalty or debts. It concerned beauty. Life is nothing if not the quest for beauty, she determined, and beauty was nothing if not purity. And the song of the Malsapien was the purest thing she'd ever known. Even as it dashed her queendom to sawdust, she was lost to it. It was as if the song defined her, distilled her, and in those resplendent notes she caught hold of herself, her purity, and it was only this. She was nothing but the space of loss. And while that truth was painful, it was absolute, beautiful. She wanted to be quickened one last time before her promise was fulfilled. To know, if only through the wanting, the thing she once was and could never be again, innocent. She was only a girl when the Nazis came for her and her family. She never saw them after the day they were all placed on the train. Even after she'd won her own freedom, they were nowhere to be found. Her mother, father, brother, and sister had become echoes in the dark, faces barely remembered. Her entire life had become a fading dream. She recalled the hills and meadows near her home, 
the wildflowers, and the birds she'd spring from the tall grass as she ran carelessly through wind-blown fields. All the midnight rainstorms that sounded above her small home, the quiet fires that warmed her on cold evenings, the song her mother sang to her on nights she'd wake from nightmare, all of it crushed and corrupted beneath the wide trample of the machine, the blood offered up to her new life. But if she could recall that lost life clearly, cleanly, if only for a moment, she might die the girl she was, rather than the monster she'd become. She clearly knew it best to stay below, in the dark waters of her killing pool, and it was certainly best to abstain from engaging any of the town's denizens. But she was hungry and curious. One house in particular drew her attention, its many openings to the rain allowing her a glimpse inside. The structure was one of the least preserved homes she'd come across. Peering through the puddles that formed within the tumble-down structure, puddles that might as well be peepholes to the oversapien, she spied a lone occupant, a lanky man resting upon a soiled couch. She knew she courted death by preying upon one of her own, creatures as varied and deadly as venom. Then she noticed the windows of the house didn't look out upon the appropriate surroundings. Each broken frame stared into the ruined hollows of a different structure, and no two windows revealed the same derelict. The only other object of interest was the classic hobo stick, set into one of the distant corners, its red and white checkered pattern almost weathered colorless. As with all her kind, there was a very precise logic governing this one's abilities, a theme formed from the darkness of his life. Regardless, she moved into position. She was an ambush predator, and in most cases, if she did what she did fast enough, it would make no difference what power the rangy man commanded. He seemed oblivious as she slowly leaked her extra-dimensional waters through the puddles, silently building a small pool beneath the sofa upon which the man reposed. With the slick constructed, she gazed fully upon the underside of the couch, as if it were floating upon the surface of her killing waters. She struck. The man in his furniture pulled beneath the cloudy depths of her domain. She could taste his fear and confusion as he flailed about. She could only imagine what he saw. An abhorrence of teeth and scale and bioillumination, all of it attached to a gliding terror the size of a blue whale. As the man's scream lit the deep and garbled tones of terror and surprise, the lethal cavern of Antonia's mouth slammed shut. She could feel his body convulse upon the spikes of her teeth, things as long and wide as street cones. Bearing down with the force of a car crusher, she sought to extinguish the man before he might marshal his machine-born abilities. And then it was over. The Malsapien shredded and crushed beyond her tongue's ability to detect, save for a slight pulp haunting the hollows of her mouth. Assuming her human proportions and rising from the small pool that now replaced the man in his tattered couch, she stepped upon the uneven planks of the room. She glanced through the windows to confirm their odd views had perished along with the former occupant. They now disclosed only the woods surrounding the city, wind and rain tumbling through the darkness. 
casually wandering, she realized that the hobo stick in the corner was no longer present. She wondered if she'd made a mistake to kill the man. Shrugging off her concern, she plucked a rusted folding chair from a pile of debris, dragging it before the window that best looked out over the town. Wiping a bit of Malsapian blood from the corner of her mouth, she turned her ear towards the darkened streets, listening for the song that might redeem her. Thank you once again for listening to another episode of the Maltopia Podcast. To help us grow and spread the word, we'd love nothing more than for you to like, comment, rate, and review us on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. You can also connect with us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and tweet us on Twitter for the latest original artwork and important updates. And for even more about our ever-growing literary world, head to Maltopia.com to read our dark fiction and gain access to giveaways and discounts with our newsletter. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.